This is the Podcast Inc. production. Booyah! This is the moment podcasting fans listening around the world have been waiting for. Coming to you not so live from a listening device of your choice. It's time! Podcasting out of this corner, a mixed martial talker, holding no professional record. He stands at six feet one and one half inches tall, weighing in at whatever he feels like, hailing out of Toronto, Ontario, Canada, presenting the sometimes angry, always funny, Self-proclaimed podcasting champion of the world, Steve Fingerstiles. All right, it's already ruined. I'm not going to start this the way I usually start it because these two fucking nut fucks have already ruined my intro. So whatever, yeah. So I'm here again, once again, always again. Blah 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 blah. Go support the sponsors. Firstrow.ca. Use promo code the podcast twenty. Get whatever you want. Nerd culture update daily. You know the shtick. Go to bossfightbooks.com if you're into video games that are about vo- no that you're into books about video games. Paperback, ebook, it's all there. Bossfightbooks.com. Scroll down on today's device. Click that link. Help me. Buy some merch. It's all there too. You know what I have. But most importantly, I'm not going to fast forward this part. Rate, subscribe, review on all major platforms. Most specifically, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So this week, you've already heard, but I'll introduce them anyways. I'm joined by the two gentlemen who have guested more times than anyone else in the history of the podcast. They are no longer the guys from Gato 5. So, I'll introduce them as such, Max Curtin and Jesse Benz. Hey, have we broken Steve? Yeah. I think so. He's never broken his intro once the whole time we've done this, but like, tonight was it, we were done. You're a consumer professional, Steve, but Uh, today it's just all out the window. Well, people know when these guys are on, like you already said, professionalism's out the window, we just shoot the shit, we say what we want, we don't care. We don't care about cancel culture, we don't care about people's opinions other than our own, because we're the ones who are talking, so... Fuck everybody. And thank you for Fuck listening. Everyone. Please rate, subscribe, review. <laughs> and buy t-shirts and shit. Very fetching. Like this. So we're on Skype video um, for everyone listening. Um, you don't do anything with videos, do you? You just do it so that we can see each other and it's lovely. But you're I keep it for myself and then I jerk off to it later on. That's, oh, yeah, so that's fair enough. Any future yeah, guests, yeah. just so you know, if you're ever on, yes, that's what I do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Steve is wearing a very fetching Got to a 5 t-shirt from our last ever show that we produced, which, by the way, the store is still available. At, I can't remember the link anymore. What the fuck? You're pushing merch from a podcast that ended, what, two months ago now? Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah, two months ago. And when did your listenership go up, Steve? Was it about two months ago? Yeah. I wonder why that was. Yeah, when you guested on our last show and we told everyone yeah. to go and listen to you. We I were just, why that happened. We were just shooting the shit before we started recording. And Steve's like, oh, yeah, I just I just don't understand why um, all of a sudden I've got all these fans. It's gone up like 400%, eh? And it's hey. like, well, clearly, like, it's because we ended <laughs> and everyone was lost. So they just need to hear our voices. And the closest thing they get is you for some reason, which worries me. See, if that makes you sleep better at night, sure. I'll take it like this. I'll take it that they heard me and they heard how great I was and how much better I was than you guys and came over and started listening to me instead and didn't even care that you guys finished. Mm. Bold. Yeah. Bold prediction. <laughs> <laughs> There's no basis in that whatsoever, but I, we'll give it to him. Okay, but I need to know, in all honesty, why did you guys stop doing Gato 5? What was like the biggest thing that made you stop doing it? I just can't even look at Max anymore without feeling sick. Jesus <laughs> yeah, we just had to end it. 
No, it was. We we've been doing it for four years at this point. We we hit our hundredth episode. We that was just kind of a good time to fi- to to finish, and it was. We accomplished pretty much everything we wanted to do with Got Till Five, and at, at, when it got nearer to the end, the final episodes were pretty much just me texting Jesse that morning, being like, "What should we do? I don't know. What have, have we spoken about this before? No, let's just do that." Oh and then we God. would just go live and talk about it. So there wasn't that enjoyment factor in it anymore. So it made sense. We end at a hundred. We take a break for six months, and we work on a new project, which we're currently working on at the moment. I don't think the show oh. got stale, but it was about to, if you know what I mean. I think we jumped off at just the right time. So we just got 100 episodes we're really proud of, and we don't feel like we dipped, which okay. you know, we're quite so proud of. Okay, so two that. things I got out of this. First is that it was all Jesse's fault. And yeah. second, my show must be stale because I've done more than 200 episodes then. Yeah, but you get you get guests all the time, man, and they're all uh, like, you know. I, oh, you get I see nice what you're saying. Of people, they've all lived different you, lives. You can talk, and it's different. But when you're doing like top fives every single okay, week, I, like we I did see wrestling top fives for eighty episodes, and then we just did twenty random top fives. Right. Um, okay, okay. There's only so many you can really do at the end of the day, and and Jesse's right. We didn't get stale. Like when when we left, no. it was it was very hard finishing that final episode because. We had our highest viewership ever. Like the numbers were insane. We had messages, people being like, "Oh, we had literally the the wrestling retirement of like one more match." Everyone <laughs> just wanted one more episode, and we were like, "Tempted," but we just went, "No, like this is this is a good kind of finishing point." But uh, but you know, we we're not doing the shows anymore. But the shows aren't gone. They're still out there. True. You know what I mean? Spotify, podcast apps, whatever. Got till five. They're still there. If anyone listening hasn't listened to us, you know, just go and go and discover the magic for the first time. Well, and plus, you guys are on four times a year on the podcast, so at least you get four times of you guys. <laughs> there you go. And like Max said, we got nothing to plug this time, so we're just here shooting the shit. But um, I imagine possibly next time we're on this show, we might have something ready to drop. Yeah, Royal Rumble, we should be kicking off with the new project. Oh, wow, that's fucking January, man. I thought you were going to say Survivor Series. No, no, I think we're a rumble. We should be in a, a good position. The, now I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Okay, I got to know. Okay, I don't want to reveal too much, but tell me at least this. Is it podcast related? Yes, it is a podcast. Oh, it is a podcast. Okay, because you guys were keeping it so fucking secret. You're like, oh, this new project and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I go have a tea with the queen. <laughs> it's just a special podcast. And she's actually busy tonight, which is why I'm here. So all me and Jesse know how to do is just talk into a microphone and yell at people, strangers on the internet. So we can't do anything else. It's true. Steve revealed to me that he's six foot two just before we went on air as well. And I thought I'd be so rude to him. But if like he was here in person, I'd be like just looking up all timid and scared. <laughs> I'd grab your head and push you down low, my friend, and you wouldn't be able to do anything about it. Oh, God. Just a mouthful of balls. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> the last time I had you guys on, we tried a new thing, getting to know Max and Jesse, right? So, oh, yeah. I've been on your show, we've talked about video games, but you guys haven't really talked about video games on my show, and obviously the listeners know, a big chunk of the show is about video games as well, not only wrestling. So, with that being said, let's talk about some of your favorite, okay, I'll run off like simple, like, I don't know, genres or systems, and you guys just give me the first thing that comes to your head. If it's your favorite or whatever, whatever. Okay, so Jesse, let's go with your favorite beat-em-up game. Uh, Streets of Rage. Which we actually played together the other day, oddly enough. Well, we tried to. You. Um, what happened? So I thought we were playing you, together. No, you were playing with someone else. What? <laughs> so you invited me on the Switch to play it. Right. And I was like, oh, this will be wicked. Right on. Okay. So, um, so I tried to join, and yeah. then it all cancelled an error. And then I tried to invite you, but it kept saying you were busy. So were you playing with a stranger, danger? You thought it was Oh, me? my God. Someone must have snuck in the back door, and, and I thought it was you. <laughs> but it said your name right there. It said Jesse, though. We glitch. I definitely wasn't playing, because I was like, oh, shit, it fucked up. So I tried to get back on playing with you. That's hilarious. Yeah, man. It was probably had the most magical hour of bonding with you of his yeah. life, and it was like, oh, this is a memory I'll treasure forever. Yeah. But uh, no, also, fuck you two for not inviting me. Well, it's not our fault you weren't online. Look, it was a heat of the moment thing, Max, okay? We all had drinks, we just got carried away. Uh, but, yeah, no, on a, but, but Steve, next time you do that, that 
let's uh, let's try and sort that out. That'll be wicked. But no, yeah, anyway, definitely. my answer is Streets of Rage. Okay, specifically, Streets of Rage. Um, specifically Streets of Rage Two, I would say is the best of, of all time. But but for the new one, is pretty fucking cool as well. Well, you know why you take out the nostalgia factor. Four has to be the best because you have all the characters from all the series. So like, yeah, it's true. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean. Yeah, four was insane from a gra- me just we were playing it on the weekend from a graphic standpoint. The music's in- incredible, as you say, old characters. You can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. nailed that shit. All right, Max. Sir, your favorite. This is going to be a tough one because it's. I don't do well under pressure. Like I forget everything that ever existed. It's okay. so broad nowadays, but back in the day, it was its own thing because there wasn't too many of them. Open world game. Ooh, okay. So my favorite. Game of always in my top five list is Gun back on the old PS2. Really? Yes. And that okay. was kind of one of the first. I know Jesse's looking at me, I said, should say Shemu, and I just remembered as I just said it, but I'm sure it will come up. Sorry. <laughs> but Gun is uh, one of the best kind of Western open world. It was a very small map, but like you got to scout people and blow up people with cannons, and there was like evil Chinamen, and it was just. It was, <laughs> you can't it was say that anymore. They said it in the game. <laughs> They went, the Chinamen are building the railroad, Jesse. I'm just being factual. Fucking hell. Yeah, but they also um, used the N-word back in the day and we still can't use facts. it. What's wrong with you, man? Get with the times. <laughs> Cancelled before 10 minutes. Fuck. <laughs> well, we didn't agree with that. But, uh, yeah, so, so Gun, Gun was fantastic. Small map. The horses were great. The combat was incredible. The story was really good. Uh, Gun was sick. Okay, fair enough. All right, one more. Jesse. Your favorite system. How about that? Nice and simple. Favorite system? Yeah. Uh, I might be a bit of a hipster here. I'm going to say the Sega Dreamcast. I feel like it was a well underrated console. There were okay. some amazing games on it. It was all. It was ahead of its time, but also behind its time because it came out yes. sort of. I know it what came you mean. out like sort of just after PS1 era, and it yep. was like, wow, like the graphic step up is amazing. These games are incredible, but it couldn't play DVDs and shit like that. And then the PS2 comes out, it can play DVDs. Suddenly, people don't have to buy a DVD player, right? You just buy a PS2, and I think that's a big reason it did so well. And then, so it just blows Sega out of the water, which is a real shame. But Sega Dreamcast, fucking great console. Here's here's a question: Did you, or not a question, a thought? Did you ever think as a kid that you'd be able to watch porn on a video game system? This is interesting. No, I didn't. Right? I almost exclusively do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So what's your favorite Dreamcast game then? Favorite Dreamcast game? Oh, um, so we, uh, Max mentioned Shenmue, Shenmue okay. earlier. So uh, either of the Shenmues. Um, the two Sonic games, Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, oh, are shit. really, really good. Okay. They're really good games. Okay. They're solid. Jet Set Radio is a game that people forget about nowadays, but sets so many trends um, with the cell shade. Like Borderlands, right? You love Borderlands. Yeah. The reason Borderlands looks like it does is because Jet Set Radio came out with that sort of style. just looks absolutely sick. Power Stone, there was a fighting game called Power Stone, sort of a 3D Street Fighter style game. Yeah, mm-hmm. just awesome. Loads of good games. All right, same for you. What's your favorite system, Max? Oh, fucking hell. Um, you might have to pick a different question because I'll probably go the same as Jesse. Dreamcast was was the thing. Like that's. But what was it huge over there in Europe? It wasn't huge. Just me okay. and Jesse were hipster dicks even from when we were a young age. <laughs> okay, so. gotcha. Well, you know what? I think I think because it sold so terribly um, everywhere. It went down in price really fucking quick, right? So, oh. like, when, so when you're a kid and like you're that makes sense. You know, you're, you're from a single parent family, Steve, <laughs> and like your mum can't afford all that much. So, like, you know, when she goes into the shop at Christmas, what's she going to go for? The two hundred pound PS2 or the ninety pound Dreamcast? Like, you're obviously going to go for that, right? Exactly. Just to be different, though, I will say N64. Like N64 okay, games, sure. um, it, it, it was a great console. You had the weird ass controllers. I know, right? Cartridges we needed fun. three fucking hands to use. Yeah, like what? No one knew how to hold that shit properly. Because use your cock. And laid on in. <laughs> what that D pad was for. Like like you're still doing the same technique, and people look at you weird. <laughs> so it just had all the great games. You had like Mario sixty four and the, the Mario Kart games and Pokemon Stadium and just all of these. Golden Eye, obviously. Oh, Golden Eye is a fucking so ingrained yeah, in all of us. Um, yeah. Here, I'll throw you yeah. a, a hipster type game that I liked on N sixty four that no one really liked. Mission Impossible was actually very unique for its time, and I, I love that game. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've never right. played it. I'll have to check it out. It was sick. And from a wrestling perspective, we had No Mercy, one of, of the best well, wrestling yeah. games ever made. Yeah. So and that was the that was the first wrestling game where you could put on like clinics, right? Like yeah. so, games before that had been competitive, but sure. you could have a discussion with your friend before you played No Mercy and be like, let's just put on a fucking great match here because there was like buttons to make the other guy kick out and stuff like that. So if you're pinning someone, you'd press a button to stop the pin and then it would look like they kicked out. So like, you know, you know when you're playing a wrestling game, you think, I could win right now, but it wasn't a finish. We need a proper finish here. And No Mercy was the first game that it's did that. Is this normal, though? Or is this just something you and me did? Because we would put on, like, 60-minute Broadway matches of just, like, these five-star classics. But in reality, we should just we'd be, the we'd game. Be, we'd be calling spots whilst we were playing the game, Steve. Is that weird? Well, how old were you guys, though? That comes to effect, too, right? So, when me and uh, How long ago was met. the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> But yeah, when, when me and Jeff, we weren't friends at a young age, we became friends at like 14 and stuff. So yeah, age from age 14 yeah, to 14. age 31, we've, uh, we've been building. Okay, so you guys weren't heavy into the drinking and drugs yet. So yeah, I could see that. Once you get into drinking and drugs, then, you know, that's when your attention span goes small and you want to have quick, fast matches, right? But I could see that putting on like 60 Broadway. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, good times, good times. There you go. So that, now your listeners know a little bit more about us and they're probably just a little bit more depressed as well. So next time I'm going to ask about your favorite like porn and porn stars and stuff like that. All uh, right, so be oh, ready. Oh, man. Right, that's my element. Why didn't we just start? Right, yeah, next time. Oh, man. I'll compile the biggest notebook you've ever seen in your life with drawings. <laughs> <laughs> Not even pictures, drawings. Wow. <laughs> Next time we get on the show, Steve just like asks us about our favorite movies, and you just throw these papers behind yeah. you. Like, well, that was a waste of a month. <laughs> <laughs> well, I research for nothing. <laughs> I've made a flick book. Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> yeah. Just well, start all in it, my dick. I'm glad you brought up wrestling, Max, as one of your favorite video games on the N64, because that goes right into what we're obviously we're going to talk about is wrestling. Right off the bat, let's do it like how AEW did it. Let's talk about the big, huge thing that happened over the weekend. Mr. CM fucking Punk shows up at AEW. So you're not, are you still not an AEW? Have you watched it, Steve? First okay, here it is. I love. Do your listeners know you're not an AEW fan? Well, have you been vocal about I'm it? not an AEW mark. There's a big difference, okay? So I love, uh-huh. I love AEW, I love what they're doing, and I see their vision, and I love the inclusivity, and everyone's being able to be involved, whatever, whatever. That's fantastic. And obviously, the fucking Forbidden Door and all that shit, Fantastic for wrestling. Love it. I hate the fans. To me, the fans are sort of ruining it because it's either, no pun intended, all in or all out. Like, you know what I mean? It's like you're either a real AEW fucking fan and you don't give a fuck about nothing else or you're like me. Not that you love WWE, but you love everything else, including AEW. So it's some of those fans, it's like, if you're not hardcore, then get the fuck out of here. You're not a real wrestling fan. And that's what's really... And especially... Everyone knows fucking wrestling social media, especially on Twitter. Oh, my God. You say one bad thing, that's it. You have all these fucking people coming down on you. Oh, my God, you said that about AEW, but I saw you said this about WWE. So that makes you... It's like, holy fuck. So that's what I hate about AEW. That it brought all these keyboard warriors out from their fucking caves. May I? Go ahead, because you're one of them. No, I don't say I'm one of them. I... I you know me, and I appreciate kind of all, all kinds of wrestling, but I think it's unfair to say that, yes, obviously there's a very hardcore AEW fans who poison it, yes. but I would call the hardcore WE fans way worse, where they're downvoting every shit on Reddit. The comments and the oh, yeah, goes both ways. AEW post yes. is just like, well, Roman Reigns would beat these guys. It's so much more toxic. It, like, is. it is so much more Yeah, toxic. but it's more toxic because WWE's been around longer, so I have a bigger fan base. Right? Yeah, but I feel like the, the hardcore fans of both era are fighting each other, and then it we've sucks. got us kind of enjoying it. Because like, I'm a passionate AEW fan, I yeah. am, but I'm not really, well, I'm going to shut WE, but not to the extreme <laughs> sure. of what, what they would be doing. Yeah, so yeah. I feel like there's there's two sets. There's there's like sad AEW fans, and then there's just like people who enjoy the projects. And I don't think there's anything wrong with being that behind a new promotion or a product. Of like, if you not. have found a new passion for wrestling, like I have, I watch that shit every week religiously, like I used to do WE. And I view that as a very, very good thing that I found my love again for wrestling. Sure. But I agree with you, there are 
fucking horrible people who kind of ruin it and say like, well, you're either in or you're out. You can't enjoy exactly. New Japan. Can't like unless New Japan joins us, they're not our friends, kind of thing. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. The, the toxic fans is what I'm pretty much talking. I know yeah. I single out the AEW, but that's just because what's more prevalent right now. Because you know, like you know what I mean, you hear them more, and it seems like they have a, a, a larger voice than the WWE ones. But yeah, WWE fans are just as toxic. The ones that just grew up with it don't want to watch anything else. Don't know, no, don't know anybody on the indie circuit or stuff like that. Like those type of fans. It's like, no, why can't you just like everything? Like that's how video games used to be. You'd have the fucking the Sega and the Nintendo War. It's like you either one or the other. And it's like, why? Why? Like, why can't you like both? What the fuck's wrong with people? And if you don't want to be like that, then shut the fuck up. Plain and simple. Well, that's it. Well, the, the gaming wars, like, unless you're a fucking rich kid, you um, you c- couldn't have owned a Nintendo console and a Sega console, right? You have to commit to one. Sure. When the Monday Night Wars were on, you can't, unless you're a fucking rich kid who has two tellies, you can't watch both shows at the same time, right? You're either one or, or the if you other. live in Canada, because we got them back to back. Oh, really? Was it on, like, different... Um, no, it was, oh, it was on our sports that. station channel, but Raw Air Live and the Nitro were there right after. Ah, smart. Well, that's cool. But in, like, America... But, uh, like, yeah, you, no, you I get it. Yeah. Like, the, in the 90s, like, um, so, like, you know, normal people could only watch one or the other. Whereas now, that's not the case anymore. True. You can you can totally consume everything. It doesn't yeah. matter. There's, you don't need to pick a side. No, it's so true. Okay, so, obviously... What did you guys think of CM Punk? And did you guys think he was actually going to show up? Okay, so I followed this a lot more closely than, than Jesse did. Jesse actually texted me in, in our, another group chat saying, okay. if CM Punk comes back, I will get back into watching wrestling. Oh, no. But that's all he knew. He just heard kind of rumors and stuff. Okay. Whereas, like, I've been following it. Like, AEW was not subtle in their teasers. Mm-hmm. But they were so unsubtle that I... I've been totally lapsed from wrestling and still heard about it, you know? Yeah, gotcha. exactly. But CM Punk has not shown up for seven years and is very, very adamant about returning to wrestling that there was still, even though it was the worst, best-kept secret, there was still that worry. Me too, yes. Day. And, and, and this is like, <laughs> this was so stupid as a wrestling fan because no way would... AEW lean into that. They would have crushed out on the first opportunity because they would have known if we can't deliver CM Punk and we let this train leave the station, we're fucked. Well, especially but in Chicago, right? Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to book the United Center for Chicago. We're going to call it the first But dance. you know what? You know what would have been fantastic heat if CM Punk's music played and then MJF came out? Yeah, exactly. That but was, then again, it. it wouldn't really be like the same thing after, right? But Nuclear. And, and so smart of AEW to kick off, kick off the show with they it because to. everyone thought they he would to. do a run-in at the end. But yeah. you heard that crowd, first of all, yep. deafening, deafening Crazy. levels of love chanting. And then that music hit and it was just, that is when wrestling is good at its most beautiful. Like, <laughs> not just as a sport or as an entertainment, but it's just beautiful to watch. And as I text you, Jesse, it's just people screaming, but it just gets us so excited. Yeah, it, uh, it's comparable to, like, obviously his Money in the Bank 2011 entrance, right? Like, you watch that, and that, that gives me goosebumps still, anyway. Sure. Um, Edge's Royal Rumble return um, a yeah. couple of years ago is a real special one that's right up there. But I, I'd probably say that's my top three, actually. Uh, actually, no, that Money in the Bank one doesn't count, because it's not a surprise return, is it? That was just an entrance in Chicago. I can't think of it. Like, the Edges and CM Punks, who else has had a Triple H when he came back from his quality. Yeah, but that yeah, wasn't really that's... a long layoff. I'm thinking, okay, how about this? Let's do... Scenery hey, Rumble. For old time's sake, no, let's do a quick top five. Top five uh, favorite or most memorable comebacks off a long layoff. So we'll say like five or more years. How about that? Yeah, okay. So cool. we said Edge, um, CM Punk. Let's throw yeah. it. Oh, Brock Lesnar coming back to WWE after going to UFC. Oh, yeah, the night after Mania. Yep. Day yeah. three, two um, more. Odd one. This probably won't be in either of your lists, but do you remember when the Dudley Boys came back to Raw in yes. like 2015 or something? No. Um, it was just. Oh, return. yes, that I small think it run. Was when New, New Day were heels and they were promoing mm-hmm. in the ring. And I think it was in Philly, night after SummerSlam or something. And then just out of nowhere, the fucking fireworks hit and that Dudley music hits. No no fanfare about it at all. Dudleys are just fucking back. And that was awesome. The Hardy Boys at WrestleMania. 
Hardy's. Yes. I was about to say that yeah, kicked yeah, yeah. in. That the Hardy's reaction was something else. Um, yeah, I, I'd say I can't Hardy's think of any. Sure. I guess The Rock, after everyone thought he was never going to come back because he became a big movie star. When he was the WrestleMania host. Was that for, a surprise, though, or was it? Yeah, yeah, no one. Because they just said that there was going to be a host for WrestleMania, but they didn't say who it was. Uh, and then if you smell hits and everyone because there's a ton of other people like even daniel bryan you saw him constantly on tv so was it really a surprise it wasn't really a big pop when he came back yeah it was great but you still saw him like i can't really think of maybe Shawn michaels when his back broke because you didn't really see him for a while and everyone thought he was but, done too but this is what jesse was saying how insane it is that cm punk has been gone for seven years when Shawn michaels with his back injury was gone for what four years something four like years. that and it, it felt like an eternity right yeah and then we've just had seven years about CM Punk and to come back to that visceral reaction. Uh, I thought his promo was spot on, the reactions with the crowd, like the way he interacted with people. Um, so happy to start with Darby Allen and just, he just wants to give back to young guys and just, I, it, there's so many opportunities. Your MJF, your Jungle Boys, your Darby Allen, like there's so many possibilities. Well, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys. How do you think he's going to get booked? That he's going to put everyone over or is he going to put himself, well, not himself, but are they going to put him over everyone and then just get the rub, so to speak? Mm, no, I think there's, okay, there's certain guys he has to kind of win against. Darby Allen is one of these people that is so stupidly over that CM Punk could literally just beat him around the ring for 20 minutes, pin him, and he wins, and Darby Allen will still be the same level as over. Sure. So I think CM Punk will beat him at All Out. Okay. Um, well, he has to. He can't like, lose his first yeah. match, right? Yeah, but he can go over guys like MJF, like, no issue. And, and Jungle Boy would be like, oh, he gave a good effort. He was the underdog. But he, you know, sure. Jeff Hardy-esque, rising up to the to the surface kind of thing. So there's people he can beat, and there's certain people he, he can't. And I think, you know, AEW could be smart about it, for sure. I think you should keep him away from the title. You should. For now. CM Punk sh- so, yeah, CM Punk should make guys who then go for the title. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, that's, that's the thing now. I think they need another sort of like middle, I was going to say middle class, but middleweight type title. Like, you know what I mean? Middle card type title. Like, I'm sorry, the FTW belt, I don't consider that anything. It's just for that faction. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, it's, it's not recognized. I mean, you got the TNT, TNT title with Miro. Uh, he's doing great work with that. Well, that's what I mean. I think they should introduce like something else, like a TV champion. Well, I guess no, because TNT would sort of be the TV title, right? So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Some sort of intercontinental title, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so, because you've got so many good guys there now that are, are, are coming in and coming up. We've just got Alistair Black as well coming in. That's true. We've got Pac, who's kind of doing his kind of stuff. Um, well, Daniel Bryan, eventually. Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, if rumors are believed, and it's just, there's... It's so stacked. It's scarily stacked. At a certain, I was saying to you though, Max. At a certain point, like you, you do become WWE because you can't have all these big stars and they can't all be at the top of the card at the same time. At a certain yeah. point, you've got to just go, okay, you know, we need to focus on just these select few guys and not keep just grabbing everyone who's available or wants to come over. But well, I think that the, the good thing about AEW is they are very good at cycling, but not making you forget people. Like, they are very good at kind of taking people out. They're going to, as, as we were saying the other night, Jesse, they're not always going for the title. It's not always about the title. Yeah, and then they're just having a random match on Raw that's not leading to anything. There are, you know, the MJF, Chris Jericho stuff. Like, true. MJF hasn't challenged or even thought about the title since he's come in, but he's been in constant hot feud throughout his whole time there. And I, I think that's that's what they do very well. But I was just going to say, yes. Can they cons- keep the consistency up? Well, that's the thing yeah. that I hate about WWE nowadays is that if you're not part of the world title, you're not part of anything. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then even if you start getting over, like you see some guys doing like, like fucking Corbin and I want to get into all that because already spoiler i love that fuck whatever he's doing is fucking fantastic so you know that's gonna fall short soon too because he's actually getting over like you know what i mean so uh, that's what i like about aw it's old school storytelling where if you're not in the title hunt you're still hot somewhere else and doing other shit and that's where the factions come into place because everyone involved now is also in the limelight and getting that sort of rub you know what i mean so no one's in the background Yes, yeah, faction. Max, he's such an AW mark, isn't he? <laughs> Jesus. God, when you go on Twitter, we're talking about No, but you're 100% right. Factions are so important. You've got Brandon Cutler, part of the elite. Brandon Cutler was never going to be seen on TV. Exactly. Yeah. 
all of this kind of stuff. So, and factions make sense from a wrestling standpoint. As I was Thank saying you. on the weekend, guys are hanging from a kayfabe perspective. All of these people are hanging out in the locker room. You think they're just all standing by themselves? They're not going to make friends, right? Partnerships and all this kind of stuff. Um, like Marco Stunt, Jesse, you found him a creepy little doll when you saw him. He's, he sort of scared me a bit. <laughs> he's just a, like well, yeah, he's just getting on TV and he's very he's cool with that stuff. Wardlow and uh, the Pinnacle, you know, they're, they're finding spots for these guys to work. Exactly. Um, and, and that's the most important of kind of cycling in. And I was a bit nervous about Rampage them having a second show so early in what seems like their lifetime, mm-hmm. but. They seem to be knocking out the park, so let's just see where this crazy ride goes. I feel like an hour's a bit too short. I'd be happy with a two-hour show. No, nah, I, I don't know about you, an but hour I was looking good. at my watch throughout the whole show, and I was like, holy shit, they've still got like two more matches to fit in. Do you know what I mean? But they did it, to their credit. Like They got away with it. It was fun. No, it's yeah. the best. Like Even when NXT was an hour, I think that's when NXT was at its best. Like You, know, you want that yeah. because then you're craving for more the next time. Like, imagine if that was a two-hour show and you had CM Punk at the beginning. Like, you're not, you, yeah, obviously you're going to look forward to Dynamite, but now you're like, oh my God, now I really want to see what he's going to say on Dynamite because now he's going to talk shit about WWE and this, this, and that. Like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I, I, want, I like w- wetting the appetite and wanting more. Like, and th- totally off topic, Disney Plus does a fantastic job when they put up their episodes to all their shows, putting them one at a time because then... It's sort of like a must-watch, and it's an event to watch every week that one episode instead of binge-watching everything. It's very true. Yeah, yeah, because I, I cannot wait for, for tomorrow night. Like, I can't wait to be there on Dynamite and just see what keeps happening. Um, exactly. And, and that's how you build a wrestling show. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all in with AEW now, <laughs> definitely. Like, I'm sure with millions of others, you know, it's such a mainstream thing. Like, oh, Punk is appeared on AEW so now I'm back but that's that's why he's there right to bring laps fans like me back and it's yep. fuck it it's worked it's certainly worked with me it's so true okay well before we talk about the other big thing that happened this past weekend which was SummerSlam the biggest question I gotta know guys did you guys shed a tear when he showed up uh I, I, I didn't know it was sort of not like that guy you sent us a picture <laughs> yes. of the guy in the crowd didn't you the crying? meme guy but, Full, full respect to that dude. Like I'm into it. Like I've cried. I've cried at um, like soccer, uh, football. Like when like something happens because I'm a big fan. Okay, like okay. I've shed a tear over that, and I've shed a tear over wrestling. In fact, before. Um, but yeah, like, Ric Flair like, retiring, like, I was bawling my fucking yeah, eyes out. Daniel Bryan's retirement speech. Do you remember? Edge like, retiring. That was hard. Yeah, 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 Edge yeah, was yeah. pretty good. And in the bath. Yeah. <laughs> Ben Wild winning the title like that. That's happening. okay. I thought you were going to say something else. Thank God. Thank God. We'll leave well, it at Sammy, that. Sammy Zayn winning the NXT title like that was sort of that got me a bit emotional. Okay, okay. But um, but any but no, I didn't over the CM Punk thing. One because it was three o'clock in the morning in England uh, when that show started. Okay. So we were a bit sort of sure. zombified. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, secondly, it kind of felt. Like, even though you knew it was going to happen, or you were 95% sure it was going to happen, it still felt a bit surreal when it was happening. It felt a bit out of body. And it did. To I me, asked, it felt like it was just the next week, he left WWE yesterday, and now he's back here. Because yeah, he sort yeah, of looks yeah, the same, great. you know, same cadence, like, you know, obviously the same music. So to me, it was just like, oh, okay, this is like what happens in wrestling. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. And it wasn't actually until um, a couple of days later when I rewatched it, mm. you know, in the daytime, feeling normal. Okay, gotcha. And then, and then I truly got the goosebumps, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is awesome!" And like, might have, you know, leaked a tiny bit out of my eye hole. Yeah, I mean, no, I, yeah, I've, obviously I got the goosebumps because who doesn't get the goosebumps when you hear the crowd like that and the entrance and you see them come out? I was just excited. Like I, like I watched it the following day like in the morning and my wife was still in bed and I was watching it and I just yelled out like, holy fuck, he actually showed up. And she's like, what, what, what's going on? And I'm like, CM Punk's back. I'm like, CM Punk's back, baby. Get ready. We're fucking. No. (laughs) And then I fucked while I heard him cut the promo. (laughs) No, no, but you know what I mean? I was legitimately excited. I was like, fuck, you know what? This, I think will tilt now towards more of the so-called AWWE war because now if WWE is not paying attention yet or if they're still lying about it then there's something seriously wrong with them and I'm telling you they're they're not going to survive man I think AEW is finally on the heels and this is the first company since WCW to fucking be there man it's it's crazy I love it 
I don't I don't know if you've ever played a Pokemon game, Steve. But um, nope, I don't CM, poke anyone. Pump- Thank you. Fair, fair enough. Well, we, I've spoken to your wife. Um, but since uh, when CM Punk came out at AEW, it sure. felt like AEW evolved. Do you know what I mean? It felt like they leveled up or like went to the next. You know what it feels like? And I hate to make this comparison almost because it's so old and they're totally two different people. But when Hogan showed up at WCW. Yeah, it's it's a fair comparison actually. Because yeah, it's just so out of this world. Yep. Yeah, get get that name in and I don't know. I'm very excited to kind of see. We've... The ratings that came out of Rampage shows that CM Crazy. Punk is a massive draw. Of course, um, of course. And whatever WWE used to say about him, that he doesn't move the needle or whatever, that's been proven complete bullshit. Those t-shirt sales. Have you seen the statistics of those t-shirts? Already, so number one bestseller on, on Basically, ring, ring of tees are just like yeah. no more in North America, right? <laughs> like pro, pro wrestling tees are just bought up every fucking ring of tea that is out there just yep. to make these t-shirts. No, and well deserved, man. Well deserved. Yeah, man. All right. It's like shitty little indie punk bands are livid. They can't get their shit printed on any t shirts because CM Punk's portable. (laughs) Now. We can still get ringer tees on Got Till Five. Maybe I should print up a couple of like knockoffs. I love a ringer tee. You should definitely do that. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. I don't know what a ring of tea is, or a ring of tone, or ring of ting. Ring so. of tea. It's the t- it's the t-shirts like that one. So when it's got a band around the neck and a band around the arms, right? Like a sort of. Oh, so instead of like a V-neck or something. Yeah. So this CM Punk one is white with a black ring around the neck and black. Oh, okay. Rings we just call arm, that right? t-shirts. That's a ring of tea. No, we just call those t-shirts. <laughs> you uncultured. Like what? Like what Scott Pilgrim wears. All of his t-shirts are ring. That's not going to have the situation, Jesse. Yeah. Okay. No, he's too old for that shit. Yeah, mm. okay, uh, cool. So, um, just before we move on to SummerSlam, did you like his promo, Steve? Steve yeah. Punk's promo. I like, like, that's the one thing I like about AEW. You could tell nothing scripted. Like, I love it. Like, I yeah. want, even if they fuck up and they bumble, like, you've seen a couple of guys go through it. I don't care. That's, to me, for better TV than someone sitting there and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or someone in the backstage and you see their eyes moving and they're reading the cue cards. It's like, okay, come on already. Like, I don't want to watch a movie or a TV show. I watch wrestling to suspend disbelief and to so-called think that it's actually real. Like, you know what I mean? And it's it's hard to suspend disbelief when people are acting. I, I And especially if they're shitty acting. Because they can't act. No, exactly. no wrestler can ever act in their life. So, yeah. Well, and you see, okay, let's go on to WWE with Roman Reigns. Like, look what he's been fucking doing. It's just come out a few weeks ago or days, whatever, that he... No one writes his promos. It's all out there, and he goes say what's on his, top of his mind. It's like, and look how good he is. You Imagine if you let other people fucking do that. Now Seth Rollins came out and said, "Yeah, he has pinpoints, but nothing solely written to." And look, look what he does. His feud with Edge, fucking fantastic, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I always watch the highlights of Roman. All the people who, you know, I don't know if these people are unscripted, but from a base level. The promos that make me watch the highlights of WE are we find out the guys who are unscripted and just have free reign to do whatever they want. Exactly. Imagine throwing a script in front of like Stone Cold Steve Austin's face or the oh, Rock no. or someone like Imagine. that in the nineties. Like that would have been Well, that's ridiculous. what people don't understand. People think the attitude error was all about the bad matches and the good storylines, but no, it was about also the bad acting. Like not bad acting, yeah. but the bad promos, like you know what I mean? Yeah. Or just going out and say, I'm gonna fucking kill you and it makes no sense at all. Like the Ultimate Warrior promos. Well, that's before the fucking attitude error, but you know what I mean? Like Stone Cold and all that, like imagine Bret Hart being scripted. Come on. Yeah. The yeah. guy's boring enough as it is. Hey now, hey now. <laughs> He's my best friend, I can say that. <laughs> so yeah, but you see like the big storylines, it's all the people who have free reign, no pun intended. Like, you know what I mean? Like, to me, I love the whole Cena and Roman Reigns storyline. Yeah, it was a bit short and I've got to understand Cena's a big Hollywood star now, whatever. But he was still there and he still put on a great show. And it was, it felt like, I don't really want to run down all the matches, so let's just talk about what came to the top of our heads. So, I really like his bold spot made me really sad. Yeah, that too, that too. But I loved the match because it felt like an old school WWE storytelling match. Like it wasn't one sided. Like it was two literally behemoths, two big superstars colliding. Yeah, it wasn't technical, but every move felt like it meant something. It's yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Ho- I always call it Hollywood wrestling stuff like that. Like, yes, exactly. Um, Perfect. Like like the like the Rock and Hogan at Mania eighteen. Thank right? you. Like, Watch, you watch that on mute 
and it's the most boring match in the world. But you <laughs> yes. unmute it and you're feeling the atmosphere and yep. that's what makes it a great match. Even, you could argue, CM Punk and John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. That's true not too. Not like five, five-star match across the board because of the atmosphere, not yep. because of the technical wrestling or anything like that. Yeah, probably the worst match they had. And you're 100% right. This is what WWE does 100% best. Superstar wrestling. Like, these guys are superheroes, and they're bigger than life, and everything they do. And Roman Reigns is the hottest shit going today. I don't care what anyone says. Like, that guy is just money printed. Yep. And it's a shame that he's not been this for the past eight years. I know. Because this tribal chief, Roman Reigns, go get to my veins. I'm genuinely happy for him, though, because there was, there was a time, wasn't there, where obviously Roman was getting booed for years, WWE would just arrogantly just keeping him at the top of the card and trying to push him as that character and make him the biggest star and it clearly wasn't working and it just got to a point where I just felt so sorry for Roman Reigns all the time I was like man like you don't deserve you don't deserve this level of hate it's not your fault you know it's um you're just doing what you're told but and it felt like the ship had well sailed on him but to be fair you know he's reinvented himself and it's fucking working and it's awesome yeah and again, it showed. And then the other big match that I think was... I'm trying to be super positive, by the way, because I feel like we always shit on... Well, I don't want to touch on anything so shitty I'm gonna, this I'm week. I'm just trying to say, like, yeah, right on. Wrestling's good. I'm back. You know, Punk's got me back. I'm happy for everyone. <laughs> this is great. I'm just... Everything's cool. Well, to touch on Max's favorite, Edge, him and the match with Seth Rollins, again, beautiful storytelling. Again, I miss the old school. Edge knows what the fuck he's doing. Anyone who wants to get into wrestling, watch fucking Edge. Watch how he sells. Watch how he reacts to everything. Again, everything means something. And Seth Rollins is the exact same, pretty much, as people say, Edge 2.0. Not in the terms of character-wise, but in the terms of how he wrestles and how he carries himself and everything. It was perfect. I love when these two types of superstars come together and they could put on a great, like, so, so to speak, five-star match. Yeah. Greatest match tonight, I would say. Just, as you say, the ring psychology between the two of how they wrestle and how they interact their moveset and they know how to build it, it is just watching a masterclass of wrestling that how they build the start they hold you in the middle and then they go to the finish yeah. is just so expert and the fact that edge again like our punks like our whoever in the world can go away for so long and then pick it up like riding a bike is is just unbelievable edge right. to, is at the same level he was yep. when he left that if not better entrance as well yes. oh yes didn't even oh, touch man. on that the I music of course out. of course that just took me right back to um, the Smackdown games on the PS1 I'd always play as Gangrel and Edge and Christian well see that's where they dropped the ball why wouldn't they get fucking Grand- Gangrel to come in and at least he doesn't even need to walk to the ring just stand there with something and have some blood come down his face and then disappear again and then, and then that's it like you know why not I'm sure he would have done it he's 184 isn't he who cares he's a vampire he's still rocking strong <laughs> he's a vampire that's and also like in yeah. kayfabe this is confirmed that Edge has been a vampire this whole time uh, yeah like, this, this hasn't ended for him. This, this is true. I know there's not much daylight in Canada, but fuck. <laughs> well, this is one of the things that... Obviously, I'm very happy that Christian made to jump to EW. Right. Incredible match with Kenny Omega. Now the Impact Champion. Yep. Unbelievable. But there's still that... From that moment those two hugged at Royal Rumble, right. I was hoping there was that one last tag run. And then seeing matches like this at SummerSlam, I wish Christian was there in his brood costume as well, yeah. with Gangrel hopefully to kind of walk him out and stuff. But Christian's got to do what Christian's got to do. It's so true. It's so true. He's pleasing the peeps. <laughs> exactly. I quite like it. Obviously, they're besties, and that's awesome. Yeah. Like they're, they're both they're both just looking after the respective company. And this is why we, when we were talking earlier about oh you've got to be one or you've got to be the other, like fucking bullshit, man. Like. Like you know, Edge and Christian, best friends, one's on one, one's on the other. Like they give a fuck. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it's like WCW WWE back in the day when Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were over at yeah. WCW, Triple H and Shawn Michaels with yeah, DX yeah. in it up on Raw. They're all best friends. It's like to them, it's just like look at these losers picking sides. We're know, just having right? the time of yeah. You make phone calls and you our lives across these two companies. Yeah, you make phone calls, make sure everyone's happy. Like, oh, yeah, did you see that? Did you see that? You, It's like, Jesse, if you were on another podcast, God forbid, and I was on another, we'd still support each other. You don't know what I'm doing behind your back, man. Oh, this shit. big shit is going to go down. Oh, Damn. shit. 
Oh shit! Well, oh, like, we didn't even mention part of the Roman Reigns match right at the end. Brock Lesnar returning was that WWE's counter to CM Punk, and I obviously think, Becky yeah. Lynch earlier on, which we didn't even touch yeah, on. I think I think they doubled up, and like I want to talk about Becky Lynch in a sec because I feel like that needs a lot of conversation. Sure. But Brock coming out, smiley, smiley, happy Brock is more terrifying than serious Brock. Like I don't know why, but it's just <laughs> it's unnerving yeah. when he's happy. And he's high five and proud. Who's your? What's your favorite iteration of Brock Lesnar over the years? I think I've just found it. I think it's Tony Tails. Boombox Brock Lesnar. I like Boombox Brock. <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big fan of um, sombrero wearing just before no Brock, 2004 yeah. Mariachi Brock. Uh, if you remember him, yeah, yeah, that was Brock. a good Brock. Yeah. yeah. Brock. Or when him and Kurt were doing the competition, it turned a little bit homoerotic when they were the doing milk the drinking. Yeah, yeah. The, that was milk a good drinking one. Brock coming to <laughs> pushing yeah. Zach Gowan, the the, the oh, cripple down the stairs. You know, disabled bully Brock, big fan, big fan. Yeah, nice. Yeah, and um, tapping out to Benoit, but only when the rest knocked out Brock. It's a good Brock. Um, but um, but yeah, no. But by the way, if WWE do not make some fucking merch now that he looks how he does with this top knot and all that shit, oh. Um, if they do not make some merch that says Ragnarok, yeah. they are fucking yeah. up. That is fucking marketing genius, right? That is, yeah. That Ragnarok. Is what they have to do it. What needs to happen. I've been waiting for, because Bearded Brock in UFC was fantastic. Like, dude was intimidating. Um, oh, yeah, we totally forgot about Tuberculosis Brock. <laughs> One of our favourite Brocks. <laughs> Tuberculosis Brock, Jesus Christ. But... But now he's added a top knot, which kind of negates the scariness of the beard. Now he just looks fucking insane and a homeless cowboy. And I don't know what homeless cowboy Brock is going to do. You could definitely picture him now. Like, he's obviously always lived on that farm, right? But you could definitely picture him now actually doing the farming. Like, he don't, he, don't, he, don't need no, he don't need no combine harvester. He's doing that shit with his arms. He should have came out with, with that meat that he posted that he was carving up a few weeks ago on his shoulder and just yeah. walked out with that. That would be intimidating. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was Paul Heyman at first. Oh. I saw that picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Fair play to Paul Heyman, though. Like, that, that was one of my favorite things of that. When Brock Lesnar came out and Paul Heyman looked like the wife who'd just been caught cheating on her husband. <laughs> right? And he was like, oh, no, I can't. Are we going to get a Paul Heyman on a pole match? I pray. No, Paul Heyman in a cage match. They love those uh, shark cage matches. Whatever Eddie True. and um, whatever Eddie Guerrero and Ray did with Dominic, I want oh. them to do with Paul Heyman. So I want I, Paul Heyman to be sitting at ringside with a foster parent. Where the fuck is Paul? <laughs> so apparently, I saw on YouTube, I haven't watched it, but okay. Ray and Dominic Mysterio watched a SummerSlam 2005 match together. Okay. And I just, I, I just want to know what's discussed. I just want Dominic's <laughs> reaction to him being used as a pawn for a storyline. He was a tidy little actor, I thought, for a little boy. I thought he did his role really well back then. Eddie's his real dad. Well, there you go. That's where that's where all the skill comes from, obviously. Exactly. But Brock Roman, love it, but do not give the title to Brock. Like, I want no. Roman to be a monster champion who holds it until the day Jesse dies. Like, that's yeah. what I want. Let, let, Roman, let Roman win unfairly, you know, keep Brock strong, and then let Brock segue into, like we were saying, just keep these stars at the top, but they don't, it doesn't always have to be about the fucking belt. Let's get Brock... You know, doing Summit with, I don't know, I don't know who with. But Brock doesn't do that. They've tried Segway and Brock. And, like, remember his match against Dean Ambrose? He just fucking phones it in. He did it. No, he did it with The Undertaker. Like, when Seth Rollins was champion. Undertaker Undertaker and Roman. uh, Undertaker and Brock, sorry, were having this um, great program. And it was fucking great. He respects Undertaker. Well, put him with somebody fucking... Put him as somebody fucking respects then. Like, he had a great match with Daniel Bryan. Um, he had a great match with AJ Styles. I think they were both Survivor Series Ooh, matches, right? It was like champion. No, it wasn't. It was champion against champion at Survivor Series. So it wasn't for the title. It was just, you know, exhibition matches, really. But they were fucking great. Here's the perfect way so to bad. book it. Here it is. And they don't lose any steam, and it's perfect. You book Brock versus Reigns at the next pay-per-view. It's... What is it? Extreme rules. Put them in a crazy hardcore match, right? They knock each other out. Here comes Big E, cashes in, 
Now Big E has the world title. Now these two guys hate each other because they both think they cost each other the title. They feud a little bit more. Then Big E has a little bit of a title run. And then Big E versus Reigns at WrestleMania. And then Reigns gets the title back. And it's as if he's never lost. And he goes on another fucking one-year streak. Yeah, that was pretty sick, actually. I like it. Right? I do like it. But what, why the fuck do we... Are we so... We're so conditioned by WE now where it's like, oh, Brock's come out and faced off with Roman. That means the next pay-per-view we're going to get Roman Brock, which is probably true. But it's like, why? Why can't we just eke it out a bit? Why can't Brock keep being desperate for a Roman match Roman keeps shit healing out yeah but you know what they're gonna do until eventually it culminates at Mania here's what they're gonna do Brock's gonna end up winning against Reigns and then Survivor Series is brand versus brand so you finally get Brock versus Lashley because that's what everyone's been clamoring for right and and now they're both champs I'm into it so yeah and there's, there's the boring future. Oh, we lasted like 15 minutes before we shot in WWE. Well, oh, no, I'm not. Yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, no, Jesse, bring it back. Well, speaking <laughs> of shitting, let's talk about Becky Lynch showing up. Oh, for fuck's sake. Hey, yeah, right. Okay. You start that and I'm going to go grab another drink. I'll be 30 seconds. Okay. He knows what I'm going to say anyway. So, <laughs> we have the hottest megastar female wrestler in the world. Yep. She leaves with the world world title. She retires it to Asuka. She's going to go away and have a baby. This is a new mother, already a massive, stupidly big baby face in the wrestling world. You bring her back with a face entrance, by the way. Like, Becky does nothing to indicate that she's turning heel whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you squash one of your top rising best women dressers that you've had since the Four Horsewomen in what was it two moves 25 seconds and why was Carmella involved if Carmella was the one who didn't like take all of the shit and was like had all of that stuff happen to her right right like why was you know okay Bianca gets taken out somehow and she's like way outside of the ring and then everything else happens it's you you can't have a megastar of that caliber who was a shit hot baby face a brand new mother and also have a comeback, squash your new super hot champion, right. and then decide that she's going to be heel, which apparently Becky wants to come back as heel. But Becky, if you are choosing to come back as heel, come down to that ring like you've not just shit rainbows and unicorns. Come back <laughs> with a mean fucking attitude Thank as you. you're doing it. Like, that was just classic WWE in a nutshell of how yep. did you fuck this up this badly? Yeah, because now it makes even... Like the ramifications, like now look, Sasha look like an idiot because if Sasha and Bianca were going at it back and forth and they could barely beat each other every time, that means Becky's fucking superwoman and she could kick anyone's ass. What's even the point of her facing anyone? Yeah. yeah but you know how they're going to spin it. They're going to spin it like, oh, Belair was, you know, she was shocked she and she was in ready. awe. So, you know what I mean? So it really doesn't count. You know, she yeah. wasn't ready but for Bianca it. Belair is one of the top athletes in WWE. She is like, I, like, I know we know this, but like you can't spin that storyline. I know you just can't, and and we can't boo will. Becky. You remember when she turned on Charlotte and W was like, "Oh, she's gonna be booed out of <laughs> the building." The minute she hit Charlotte, she was that made her as the top baby face of the company. Cheered throughout. She's like, oh, "I hate all you fans," and they're like, "Yeah, we hate us too." It just didn't make any sense whatsoever, and. Becky's back. We're not going to boo her. It's like asking us to boo CM Punk on Dynamite. Right? No. Not a chance in hell. I know. There's so, so many ways. You, you'd have to wait for her to turn again. Like, you know, because I'm sure CM Punk's going to eventually turn and be a heel too. Like, you know what I mean? It's only a matter of time. Yeah. But you can't have yeah, him come like, in as a heel. Like, fuck. Yeah, get, get out of the system first. Everyone's happy yes. to see you. Everyone's happy to have you back. Let's have exactly. a tackle with Bianca working against Carmella and Sasha. And then she, like, breaks her neck with a chair and then maybe, maybe we'll boo her. Thank you. I'm back, by the way. Yeah, we know. Oh, you are? Oh, shit. Sorry. So you could join in while I was talking. I didn't even oh, know that. That was nice. That was seamless. I liked it. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, uh, I, I agree. You're a passionate man. <laughs> <laughs> passionate, passionate man. Um, yeah, like, that was so disappointing. That that was... We knew they were going to bring back Becky to combat Punk. Like, that was their best... Sure. best yeah, option. I wasn't expecting Brock, to be fair. Uh, no, that Brock was like an That surprised thing, me. But, yeah, but, but, but yeah, I was If we were going to compete with Punk, you would bring Becky. Like, that's the best option they had. Um, but yeah, fuck it. That was awful. Okay, so <laughs> I also want to touch quickly on TakeOver. I don't know if you guys have watched any of TakeOver, did you? No, sir. 
it's stuff. sort of this whole sort of the news I've been hearing about the way NXT is going has sort of okay. depressed me. A bit. I was gonna, okay, so you know what? Fuck it. We'll skip that. I just want to know. So, what's the reason why you guys don't watch it then anymore? You guys are just stale, don't want to, or. I, I, I think there's obviously a lot of wrestling going on in the world. And mm. so, Jesse, you got very lapsed with wrestling during the pandemic, which. 100% agree, but I stayed on AEW. I think after they hit their stride, they did a good job. I don't think NXT ever did a good job during the post during the pandemic or post-pandemic. Thank you. Their arena, um, they were bringing a lot of cool stars, which are really like, like Shotzi Blackheart, and I feel like mm. uh, the creepy Dexter serial killer guy is sick. What they're doing with Johnny Gargano and the family, I think that's all really cool. But I just couldn't, I don't know, I could sit through two hours of silent dynamite with like their their wrestlers at ringside but i couldn't sit through nxt and the arena felt weird and it felt very mad max thunderdome but not in a cool way and it's just never brought me back and then all of this shit about firing what's his name jonah rock or whatever he was called in nxt Mm -hmm. after he won the nxt championship every time i turned into tuned into nxt the first north american champion i saw was the really skinny dude what was he called oh leon ruff or leo ruff Leon Ruff and Leon Rush confusion. Yeah, like Leon Ruff, he was champion. I was like, eh, okay, fine. And then I tune in and then like Jonah Hill Rock, whatever his name is, he becomes champion. Like, cool dude and that kind of stuff. But yeah, that didn't really grab me. Then they released him. I had no idea who the champion was. NXT UK was being mixed up in there. It just, I didn't care. You know what it really feels like? It feels like it's a lightly produced wwe show it, it's as if it, this is what vince mcmahon and his crew would do to the indies if he had control of them like you know what i mean it just it i don't know and i guess maybe the audience like you're saying the fans add to it i don't know why they're still not doing uh, back in doing arenas and stuff because i think that's a big difference but i don't know i'm i'm not enjoying their matches like it's weird like i've never felt this through nxt for the longest time and now i'm it's finally catching up to me where it's like yeah, that was an okay WWE match. That's what I have to say now. This is it. So it's a WWE match, but with a indie multiplayer attached to it. Sure. Uh, they will hit six finishers. They'll kick right. out everyone. Brain buster on the apron. Yeah, uh, yeah. Get the shoulder out the last minute. And it's just like, I, I watch a lot of flippy shit wrestling. I watch Lucha Underground for three seasons. I can suspend my disbelief, trust me. But there is a certain level of what you can do. And I think another killer was breaking up Undisputed Era. Um... It was great to kind of see Kyle O'Reilly and those guys do their own thing, but Undisputed Era didn't need breaking up. They were, they were, and this was another classic WWE of why did we need to break up this super over team that everyone loves and enjoys having on their TV? For for what reason? Everyone breaks up in the WWE unless I you're know, the new guy. But why? Because then, like, Bobby Fish gets released. Uh, Adam Cole's fucking off. Like, they're not going to do shit all with Roderick Strong. Kyle what do you mean? He's the, He's the leader of, of the Diamond Studs or whatever the fuck they're called. I don't even know what the name of their new group is. I don't know. Diamond in the Rough or I don't know what the fuck they're called. Something. Something yeah, with Diamond. Yeah, I've got Ted DiBiase on my screen and all the Million Dollar Man shit. Yeah. And I'm just like... No, I know. It's not... Maybe it's just being old and too nostalgic, even though NXT is really only seven years old, realistically. But it's just like, it's not like it was in the good old days. <laughs> I think AEW, AEW gives fans what what they were craving when NXT was big, right? Like, I agree. And yeah. so, so AEW is filling that hole now. And I think WWE have realised that. And even though it's depressing to see NXT basically start to dissolve which is what it feels like it's doing at the moment um they know that i think they've realized that we can't compete with aew as in put on the same product so we're just going to compete uh we're just going to appeal to a different market which is basically children kids is what we are aiming for now but this this press release that they they put out where they they don't want indie wrestlers they don't want people with wrestling experience they just want big men who look good and they can mold into a we image like, why the fuck would I want to watch a product where everyone wrestles exactly the Thank same you. way? But you did. Yeah, in th- This was the early 2000s. This is when we had Brock Lesnar come through. We had Batista, John Cena, Randy Orton. We love that era of wrestling, to be fair, and that's the same model. We do, but we had four young guys who were being bought up and built up, but not made the star attraction. We still had our undertakers are whatever's like guys who are still carrying the show yeah there was a good mix i suppose there was a good mix they are talking about literally training 
big muscly men wrestle the exact same way no interest in wrestling because we all know what happens when we hire people who have no interest in wrestling we get the diva era of of (laughs) women's wrestling and that's exactly what's going to happen we're going to get the diva eras of men's development (laughs) love it men's development (laughs) that wasn't even an analogy men's (laughs) development wow all right. Well, we're running out of time, so we're going to skip the worst oh, story of the week Steve, this week. This is your podcast, man. I'm really sorry. You've barely got a word in edgeways. It's okay. I, I like <laughs> it this way. <laughs> so instead of the worst story of the week, I'm going to touch on a couple of weird shit that happened over SummerSlam weekend. Not weird, but I found it a little bit funny when Goldberg's kid was getting the shit beat out of him and everyone was cheering. That is that is funny, and it but it alarms me how that <laughs> child looks because he's supposed to be that chubby little nit that got in the ring with him a couple of years ago. No, right? see, it wasn't a couple of years ago. It was like four or five years ago. The kid's like fourteen, fifteen that's tragic. now. Yeah, 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 that's ridiculous. Right? But yeah, now he's built like a brick shit house. Well, he is his dad's son, right? So yeah, going to beat the shit out of all of us. But he will forever, no matter what his career or life takes him, he'll always be that chubby little kid who got his arm raised awkwardly. <laughs> Do you know who Goldberg... Uh, well, firstly, um, uh, Steve, are you familiar with a film called Santa's Slay? We might have talked about this before. No. If I no. did, I forgot. So, so when, Gold, when Goldberg left WE in 2004, okay. the first thing he did was um, star in a B-horror film where... Um, called Santa's Slay, Slay is in S L A Y, oh my God. where he he plays an evil Santa who basically the story is Santa all these years was the devil, but um, he lost a bet and so he had to like bring cheer every year sure. for a thousand years or something, and then those thousand years are up, so Santa's Santa's free, and it's evil fucking Goldberg. And if you haven't seen it, you have to check it out. Anyone listening as well, Santa's play, amazing, just cheesy shit horror. But Goldberg's wife and the mother of this kid right. plays a stripper in the film, so oh. Santa goes to a strip club and basically kills everyone in it, and she's a stunt woman slash stripper who gets killed by Goldberg. And it's fucking awesome. So whenever I see her at ringside with the kid, I just think of her stripping and being killed by of a crazy evil Santa, and it makes me happy. <laughs> I don't even know what else to say after that. I don't know. We've always got a story, Steve. You should notice we always have something to follow up with. Uh, well, I know these guys have nothing to plug, but I don't know your socials or anything, or, or you still trying to sell merch after these guys are dead, which doesn't make sense, but... Go for it. Do whatever you want, man. Or you, your last story. Or, or even if you want to sing for a little don't bit. You have a, don't you normally have a cheeky freak of the week or something? Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah, I just said. We're running out of time. I don't have a weird story of the week. Let's get this over and done with, man. I don't want to go over. One and every hour. We definitely have broken it, Max. Like, he's just... He's done with this He's shit. a shell of his former self. Okay, you want a worst story of the week? You want one? You yes. want one? I'll fucking yes. give you one. We're oh. running over, Obviously, folks. what do you think we're here for? Want a fucking worst story of the week? All right. Here we go. This has been an hour of like foreplay for the weird story of the week. All right. This week's story of the week comes from Central Europe. How about that? Brilliant. We're near there. Do you guys like to eat trout? Are you guys trout fans? Trout? Yeah. I've eaten it. Yeah. Pescatarian? Sure. Yeah, Yeah, I got into fish the last few years. Okay. Well, recently, people have been founding that the trout has turned themselves into meth heads. Do you know how? No. I mean, I've seen Breaking Bad, but I can't imagine the fish are that dexterous. So apparently somewhere in Central Europe, I don't want to do the story because this is all last minute, they found there's a big concentration of like junkies who hang out by a river. So when they would do meth, what do they do to relieve themselves? They pee in the river. So what happens to the fish in the river? They ingest that and whatever, and then eventually become meth heads. So are you telling me that if I find myself a cute little meth head girl... And have some golden shower fun with her. I too can partake in some free meth. If either A, you're injecting it into your blood, or B, I think I might know one. <laughs> if you inject it into your blood, most likely, and B, if you drink copious amounts of it, for sure. So try drinking it and let me know how that works out for you. I'll report back. I'll go on a field trip. We got time until Survivor Series, baby. <laughs> But amazing, these fish are brilliant. So these fish are inedible now, I'm guessing. So if you I would eat them, so. 
cook and eat these fish, you too become methy. This is like a chain of well, I don't really kissing the mouths of their partners. Well, you know what? It's... That would be a good cycle if if these meth heads were smart. I'd start fishing, and then you eat them, then piss it out, eat them, and it's a com- complete cycle yeah, keeps going, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're and high twenty four seven. The meth heads could do it's fishing, I think, because most of it is just sitting there doing nothing for hours, right? Which is perfect. <laughs> well, I don't know about you, but have you ever tried fishing while on meth? I don't think uh, you'd be I able can't to. Say I have, no. Exactly. I don't think you know the low, the short attention span would allow them to fish. That is another thing we have to do before survival. So <laughs> yeah. My, Please report my back. Only, my only experience of crystal meth is watching Breaking Bad. And uh, when I was a child, yeah, I here. got really into because it's not really a it's not really a um, drug that's ever made it to eat. As a child, I also got really into crystal meth. <laughs> well, but as a child, I got really into a band called Crystal Method, who were like a, uh, they're like a hip hop dance thing. And I didn't realise, because you go when you're a kid, that their name is a play on Crystal Meth, right? So sort of you're telling, you're just shouting as a kid, like, yeah, I'm really into Crystal Method. And people just don't, people take it wrong. You both look like you'd be into Crystal Meth, and I'm going to leave it there. All right, boys, plug your socials. Get it over and done with. <laughs> that's, that's the last line. Um, yeah, so Got Till Five is, is long dead, but the episodes are still there. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all of that kind of stuff. There's 100 episodes to get through. It's a, it's a bloody treat. We're a joy to listen to. We like to appear on Steve's podcast every four times a year, but I feel yeah. like this might be the last one. We're pretty we're pretty funny, as you can tell, and we've got really nice English accents that are pleasing to your ears, ladies. Slowly but surely, these guys are breaking me down so badly that I'm not even going to show up to these, and I'm just going to pull some used to guys talking. <laughs> I'm like, here, guys, I'm here, all right, yeah, I'll come back at the end. Steve, Thanks for coming. Where we talk about your stuff. <laughs> we're, we're so sorry. We, we got excited. Um, and yeah, we'll be back with a new project in the new year, but until then, listen to the old stuff, but uh, all of the millions of people who have now joined Steve's podcast because of us ending, we miss you guys, and thank you for supporting this lonely, homely man. Anything for you, Jesse? Uh, no, I don't really do anything. Um, <laughs> I, um, no, I, I don't know. <laughs> what you say, got till five, it's all cool. My socials, my socials are my business. I don't need to plug that shit. There you go. And for myself, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter under Finger Styles. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, the podcast app. Email us your thoughts, suggestions, comments, anything you want to get off your chest at the podcast app at gmail.com. I would say we're right to the top of the show, but that was a shit show, so don't even listen to that. So look in the description. Every All the links are there. Everything's there. All the codes, all that stuff. So that's probably the easiest way. But most importantly, please rate, subscribe, and review. One last thing. Jesse. You've been playing music recently, my friend. What's going on? Yes, I have. Well, it turns out that people are allowed to gather in fields and shit again, which couldn't happen for a long time uh, for some reason. Uh, But now um, people are allowed to do it again. So, yeah, I've been playing in a band um, called Glimjack um, for a little while. Um, Yeah, it's been going good, man. It's been fun. Been doing a few festivals, got a few gigs lined up. Um, Things are becoming more normal, do you know what I mean? Which is nice. So long may it continue. Now, most importantly, how are the groupies? Old. (laughs) (laughs) They're like a fine wine. You know, they just get older with age. But yeah, um, they're finer. Just older. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, like a a blue cheese. But uh, no, it's, yeah, groupies are always good, um, as you will find out one day. Come visit us. Come visit us in England, man. Once things are lifted again and things get more normal, come visit us. We'll show show you all the groupies. Fantastic. Oh, actually, I did tease it. We didn't even touch on it. Quickly, 30 seconds. The whole Corbin thing. Have you guys been paying attention to the storyline here? Yes, he is everything I aspire to be in my life, and (laughs) he's he's my role model. Bring on Vegas, baby. He is, and I love how he's taking, like, a lot of people shit on Corbin, and even in his, obviously in his NXT days, as you guys know, because you guys used to watch him religiously back then. It's not that he was the shits, it was just, it, every, he had that tone and that aura, and it even was on social media everywhere, that he didn't care about pro wrestling. If people still think that, get your head out of your fucking asses, man, I'm sorry. One of the best workers they've got, like, best performers, amazing. On that note, he's Max, he's Jesse, I'm Steve, this is the podcast, peace. Always a pleasure. Bye!